In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have come to the third Sunday of our uh, quarantine and are serving the Divine Liturgy in this way. Um, and really the, the fourth Sunday, since things have been a little bit uh, different, you know, that first uh, Sunday, four weeks ago, we didn't have coffee hour. And so there's already a uh, beginning of an understanding of, of the situation that, that our country and our area uh, is in. And it seems like since that time, everything has changed. It seems like everything is completely different, even the way that we think about things. Our daily routine is completely changed. The things that, uh, uh, how we, we get ready for, for our day, I was even told yesterday that, believe it or not, you can still be late even working from home. Uh, but everything that we think is changed, and that really hit home to me the other night when Catherine and I were sitting and watching a show, and there was um, one family went to go visit another family, and they knocked on the door, and that when they walked in, the first thing that I thought in my brain was, why are they going into somebody else's house? And so I know that all of us feel like everything is changed. And perhaps this is one of those uh, pivotal uh, moments in our life, uh, just like 9-11 or something like that, where, where afterwards things are just not exactly how they were before. So we're in this time of, of flux, this time of change. And yet, today is the fifth Sunday of Great Lent. The Sunday of, of St. Mary of Egypt, whose icon is just right over here to my left. And uh, she's really become uh, a, a great example, really, for us in, in our, our current situation in, in this particular quarantine. And I encourage you again to hear her life story, and if you haven't, to follow the link on our website to do so. Uh, but it's the fifth Sunday of Great Lent. We celebrate Mary of Egypt. We just heard a reading from the Epistle of St. Paul to the Hebrews. We just heard a reading from uh, the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. And that would be the same whether there were three people in the church or 300. And so the reality is, while everything feels like it's changed, when it comes to the one thing that is the most important thing, which is Christ, nothing has changed. And in fact, in the gospel reading this morning, we hear uh, Christ telling the, telling the disciples, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. He actually says, we, we are going to go to Jerusalem. The scribes and the Pharisees, they are going to arrest me. They're going to mock and scourge the Son of Man. He will be killed, and three days later, he will rise again from the dead. Nothing about that has changed. Nothing about that has changed. Lord willing, we, like the disciples, are still going to go to Jerusalem. We're going to have our Holy Week services uh, next week. But even if, for some whatever reason, we can't do them, none of this has changed. The truth of the gospel of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done has not changed. And we need that reminder when everything else feels like it has been thrown into chaos. We need to remember that the church... Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the rock, is our foundation, is our anchor in whatever difficult situation we find ourselves. And so the mocking, the scourging, the death, the resurrection of Christ, we will see it. And brothers and sisters, we have already seen it. Nothing about Christ's work has changed. 
And if nothing about Christ's work has changed, then that means nothing about what our goal and the expectation for us in our life has changed either. And there's a great uh, word that's used here in the gospel uh, this morning where James and John, those, those very bold sons of thunder, ask Christ to, to be able to sit at his right hand and on his left. And Christ looks at them and asks them a question and says, are you able to drink the cup that I will drink? And to be baptized with the baptism that I will be baptized? And they answer honestly and they say, we are able. And Christ affirms that and says, yes, you know what? You will be able to, be, to drink the cup that I drink and to be baptized with the baptism that I have been baptized with. And he's talking about connecting their future sufferings with the suffering of Christ. Connecting the service that they offer to the world with the service that our Lord offers to the world in his death and in his resurrection. For at the end of the gospel it says the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so they're able to connect their suffering. They're able to connect their service to Christ in his suffering and his service. And the word that I want to point out is baptism. Because baptism is that place where we are united with Christ in a particular way. And the fathers talk about baptism being on one of this and the same time both a tomb and a womb. Because they talk about baptism as the death of the old man, the killing off of, of sin, the killing off of the old passions, the killing off of those negative things that separate us from Christ. And yet, it is the womb because it is the place where they are reborn. Where all of us are renewed and become a new creation. And so in talking about being baptized with the baptism of suffering, one of the things that I want to encourage you is to think of this time, this time of complete change, as if it were a second baptism. Because so much of our routine... So much of our daily life is, is gone. We can even say it's dead. And perhaps it's never going to come back again. And we might mourn it. We might grieve over it. But the reality is some things about our habits, some things about our life, some things about our routine needed to die. And because of that, we can be born anew. We can establish new routines. We can establish new habits, new connections with Christ. And so that old might die, but that we might be born again with the new. And so this time of our being in quarantine, if we look at it properly, we can see it as a baptism. We go through Lent every single year. And during Great Lent, we, we pray and we fast and we, we put on all of these extra labors. And then after Great Lent is over, we... Uh, are supposed to keep up with those good habits, but oftentimes, at least for myself, I don't. But now is an opportunity for us. It's an opportunity for us to establish all kinds of new habits, all kinds of new ways of thinking. And in fact, breaking our selfishness. I know for me, one of the things that I need to kill during this time is my selfishness. Because most of the time when I think about all the things that, that I can't do, or I worry about how it's affected my schedule or my routine as opposed to what's happening with someone else. And we're reminded in the gospel that we are here to serve, not to be served. 
And so we can use this opportunity to put to death those things that are in us that just need to be put to death. Those sinful habits, those sinful passions, uh, those sinful routines that can be replaced and made new with new, new routines. And when we're able to do that, brothers and sisters, just like James and John and all of the apostles and all of the saints who are here in the nave, we can become martyrs. And by martyrs, I mean we can become witnesses to this world. Because the rest of the world doesn't have this understanding of the rock of Christ. And that in the midst of change, we do have something that stays the same. And that is our Lord. Many other people out in this world don't have that. But if we use this quarantine and this time, this Lenten season, as an opportunity to think about a second baptism, we can be... Uh, emerge as strong and faithful witnesses to this world. Because Lord willing, one of the changes that may occur is that more people might find themselves turning to a place where there is a, a solid foundation, where there is an anchor. And we know that the only place that that is, is in Christ. So brothers and sisters, while it feels like our entire world is in chaos and everything has been changed and everything is turned upside down. Remember the one thing that has not. And that's the most important thing. And the one thing that never will be changed and never will be destroyed. And that is the rock of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. May we do everything that we can to drink of his cup. The cup of sacrifice, the cup of suffering. And may we be baptized with the baptism that he has been baptized with so that we can be born anew. So that we can put off the old man and emerge out of all of this new, encouraged, hopeful, and centered even more clearly on the one thing needful. The one thing that never changes, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.